0: I explained in some depth a parable, and I said that it was a, a small story that communicated a big meaning. And, you know, typically this was a story that when you heard it, it stuck with you. Uh, Jesus's parables were stories with uh, spiritual ideas that he um, told using you know, the culture of his times. He would take uh, symbols or pictures from the culture and build stories around it so that people would be familiar with what he was talking about, but also so that he could interact with some of that content in a way that might jar them a little bit and might catch their attention and and get them to think of a response. And so Jesus today is going to be sticking with that strategy, and he's uh, got some surprisingly unique ways of characterizing the kingdom of God. We're going to see that. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We're going to pick up his teaching in verse 1 of chapter 13. I'm going to read through verse 9, and then I'm going to pick up in verse 18 and read down through 23 where he gives the explanation to his teaching. Starting in verse 1, it says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Then in verse 18, he explains the teaching. He says, listen, then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, excuse me, hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. You can be seated. Now, before we unpack this parable in chapter 13, we we need to go back to chapter 12, and I need to let you know that Jesus has stirred up a bit of a controversy in regard to himself. You see, many of the religious leaders have accused Jesus of some pretty bad things. And part of the reason is because Jesus was pointing at the most important landmark in all of Jewish culture, the temple, and he was saying, I'm better, I'm greater, I'm bigger, and it was all true. But as you might imagine, it was a bit much for the people who were hearing this. Uh, they didn't necessarily have ears for it. Now, as chapter 12 closes, Jesus is not only in trouble with these religious leaders, he's getting called on the carpet by his family. You know it's gotten intense when your family is calling you in, when they're reigning you in, and saying, come on now. But <clears throat> Jesus moves on. He's doing what he's doing. It it, it seems strange. I mean, here he's got this great big crowd gathered, and you might not think this would be his approach. You might not think this would be the way that Jesus would do kingdom PR. But he's moving somewhere. He's going somewhere with this. And what Jesus is establishing is that the kingdom of God is not like any other kingdom. It's, It's subversive. It's Different. And this is what the first parable is all about. In just a few words, Jesus comes along and he gives this picture of how the kingdom of God is subversively sown into a person's heart. And then he also says how hearts don't receive it because of their condition. So that's what's going on as we look at this parable. And as he usually does in parables, Jesus uses his common image to the culture of the day, to rural Middle Eastern culture, and he begins to tell this story about this farmer who's got a a seed sack slung over his shoulder, walking around, and just kind of indiscriminately throwing seed everywhere, just throwing big bunches and handfuls of seed without even thinking about the condition of the soil so much. So we see that the farmer is very generous with this seed. He doesn't even test the soil to see if it's worth the effort. And as he scatters the seed, some falls on a path, a hardened path, you know, uh, ground or soil that's been beaten down by people walking on it. And so that's hard soil. And then we see that there's rocky soil uh, that some of the seed fell on, and we see that some of the soil was actually infested with uh, thorns or, or the root systems of thorns. And then finally, some of that soil was really good soil. It was, it was deep and nutritious. And there were all kinds of things going on in that soil that made things grow. And we're going to look at all those soils in just a few moments. But at the most basic level, what this parable is about is... I was so glad that Steve took that opportunity right before we went into the message to cause us to pause and listen, because this parable is all about listening and and hearing what God is saying. In verse 9, Jesus says, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. It's the most vital thing that is going on in this passage. And it's the most vital thing going on because how we hear is so important to our destiny in the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus is building to. Now, we actually even see this in the soils that are represented here. If you look at those soils in verses 12 through 15, all of those soils represent some kind of hearing. The the first one is a, a soil, um, a kind of hearing, that the soil is is hard, and as things are heard, they don't register. And an enemy, uh, a bird, a, a, we know in this case, Satan comes and steals that seed. Well, the next soil is uh, it's shallow soil or rocky soil, and that kind of hearing, well, it's a it's a hearing that. Uh, you know, it's a hearing that shows where struggles come in and destroy the Word. And then in verse 14, we have this hearing where where worries and the pleasures of this life come in and choke out the Word. And then finally, in verse 15, there's this hearing with a well-prepared heart where the Word bears fruit. Now, it's very plain here. The issue in all of this, is hearing. Now, the seed is being spread, and we know that the seed is the word of God, and there's a a communication element to that. There's a, a speaking or preaching element to that. But what Jesus is saying here is that what is more important than that is the hearing. Now, What I want to do as we look at this is I want to say that Jesus tells this parable first because what he's trying to communicate is that this is how we enter the kingdom of God. All the other parables, he says something like the, uh, the kingdom of God is like. He doesn't say that here because he's not saying what it's like. He's saying, how do you move into the kingdom? How do you enter the kingdom? And what he says is it comes through hearing. Paul echoes this in Romans 10 when he says, faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so my main point this morning is that the advancement of God's kingdom hinges on hearing. But what does that mean? Well, it means that how we hear... Establishes our understanding of the character of the kingdom of God, and it also means that how we hear determines how we will respond to the kingdom of God. So I'm going to talk about those two things as it relates to hearing. Now let's consider the character of the kingdom, okay? When you think of a kingdom, what do you think of? Is the first thing you think of listening? That's not the first thing I think of when I think of a kingdom. Typically, when I think of a kingdom, I think of kings. I'm a history guy, and so I think of people like Charlemagne or Genghis Khan. I I think about these people of force and power and coercion. Their kingdoms advanced in the world through, through conquest. That's how kingdoms came in the world. Certainly, they didn't typically come through listening. Really? Listening? So, think about this with me for a minute. Earthly kings. Do you typically think of earthly kings as the kind of people who, when you get in their company, you're just going to beat their ear? No. if you get an audience with a king, you're going to do a lot of listening. Because They're better talkers than they are listeners. That's what earthly kings are like. Think about it. They're good at coming into situations and through some kind of coercion, whether it's force or manipulation, they get a hearing. They're good at getting a hearing. But Jesus says, those who are proficient in the kingdom of God are good at giving a hearing, okay? Now, earthly kings. Think, okay, maybe political leaders of our day. Some similarity there. If you want to know more about why I think political leaders are similar to old kings, come and talk to me after the service. I'm not going to get into all that right now. But when you think earthly kings, think maybe like some of our modern political leaders. I mean, these people are typically good talkers. They're soundbite people. Uh, They're good at coming into a room. Uh, They advertise. They get the word out. When they come in, they can kind of overwhelm a situation with their will. They can manipulate it or, or by force come in and get done what they want done. That's what these kind of people are like. In other words, they're not great listeners. I mean, because in earthly kingdoms, you don't get power by listening. You get power by talking. And whether it's through tough talk or whether it's through sweet talk, it's a form of coercion. And that's how the kingdom of this world advanced. They advanced through that kind of forward movement. Conquest, coercion, uh, power, force. And that's the mindset of the world. And that was certainly the mindset of the people listening to Jesus talk in, in that time. That was the mindset of the disciples. I mean, they knew that the Old Testament said that God was going to come and establish a kingdom. And they knew that the Old Testament said that he was going to do this through one of King David's descendants who would sit on a throne and now reign forever. And so when they're thinking of King David, They are thinking of conquest. I mean, David was a warrior. When when David's kingdom met other kingdoms, heads rolled. And so if they're thinking of a king greater than David, whose kingdom is coming, they are going to be thinking of armies and power and force, and it's just what they expect. And... If we're honest, the same is probably true of us in many occasions. We we think that that's how the world should work. I mean, don't we sometimes just want God to come and get on with the kingdom already? Come on. How about moving a little faster or a little more forcefully? But that's not what happens. I mean, don't we just sometimes want God to show up and blow up? I mean, I don't know how often I want the pace of the parable of the sower. Just Johnny Appleseed, what's that? I, you know, sometimes I think I want the pace of the parable, of the ballistic missile. You no, I want the good guys to be dealt with, and I want the bad guys to be done, and let's just come get on with it already. But is that what Jesus does? No. He says the kingdom of God is like a farmer tossing seed. Really? A farmer, like, you know, a country guy just... Out for a stroll, throw and see. That's what the kingdom's like? It doesn't doesn't sound right. But what Jesus is actually saying here is that the character of the kingdom of God advances in the earth today through humble means. It, It doesn't advance in the world through shock and awe tactics. That's not his way. As it is, and as we are moving toward the fulfillment of all things, today, the expression of the kingdom of God comes through humble means. And it's just different. It is. It's so different. I mean, it is. It's like a seed. It's not like a missile. I mean, missiles, well, they come in and they smash things and they force things. But seeds, how do they come in? Quiet, unassuming, just, what are they they doing there? Just sitting there on the ground? You know, missiles, well, you know, they, they blow up stuff out here. But a seed, a seed does its best work internally. And missiles, man, well, they'll push up dirt in a hurry. But seeds, they unearth amazing potential gradually. Slowly, it it begins to open. You know, missiles, man, they blow things up, they dislodge things, but seeds. They actually transform things into life-giving processes. And Jesus is saying that is what the kingdom is like. You no, I think sometimes we struggle with this because, you know, we think the kingdom of God should be like the kingdoms of this world. We want, them, we want the kingdom to operate the way the kingdoms of this world operate. But the kingdom doesn't come and blow up everything. And it doesn't force people to submit. It comes quietly and it comes humbly like a seed. And what's in the seed? Well, I can tell you, it is the most unique message that you will ever hear. You will not hear this message, I promise you, in the platforms of the kingdoms of men. This is, this is Jesus' platform, okay? Here's his kingdom platform. A king leaves heaven, and he advances his kingdom by getting killed on purpose. And he does it so that he can forgive our sins and make available to us all the resources of his kindness. And then in this new kingdom, he says, down is up and up is down. And he further explains that when he starts to talk about the kingdom. And he says, man, if you really, really want to become wealthy in the kingdom, Give away your money. Then he says, if you really want to be influential in the kingdom, if you want to have authority and, and some kind of power in the kingdom of God, well, become a servant. Go low. And better yet, bless all those people that don't even like you. And then he says, oh, if you really want to flourish, if you want to really thrive in the kingdom, well, welcome a lot of hardship in your life. Welcome a lot of suffering. And what that's going to do is is actually cause you to depend on the king. And it sounds so strange. It's, It's unlike." Anything. I mean, what kingdom of the world sells you that? But Jesus says it is that kind of kingdom activity. He says it's, you know, it's that that is going to help you to come to know the love of God that will change the world. That's the message of the kingdom. And when you hear that kind of stuff, you really have to think about that, don't you? I mean, I know I do. I mean, that's that's different. I mean, it challenges me at the deepest level. But Jesus always seems to be challenging people to, to really listen to what he's saying. Like, how about that time, that guy, he comes to Jesus and he says, man, I'll follow you anywhere. I'll go anywhere with you. Now, some of you who are leaders, if you had that person come to you and say that to you, what would you do? Let me tell you what most people would do. They would sign that guy up and they would give him a t-shirt. He would be he would be on the team fast. But listen to what Jesus says to that guy. He says... Something like foxes have holes, but the Son of Man, well, he doesn't even have a place to lay his head. And you know, what is Jesus even saying? And why is he being so coy? I mean, what kind of recruiting speech is that? Well, what Jesus is doing is he's saying, do you really know what you're signing up for? I mean, have you, have you really been listening to the things I'm saying? And this is so important for us because it's how we come to understand the character of the kingdom of God. Now, let's look at how the quality of our hearing actually determines how we respond to the kingdom. These soils here, like I said, they represent different kinds of hearing. And the first Here is hard soil. I mean, this is soil packed down on a path. And, um, you know, hearing in hard soil represents those people that hear the message of the kingdom, but they don't understand it. They don't get it. It doesn't register. And according to Jesus, the seed is the message of God. But these people hear the message, and it doesn't make any impact because they don't see the relevance of it to their life at all. And this is how I listened for 23 years. I just didn't get it. It just was not registering to me. I mean, I understood the theory of it. But I was insensitive to the message, to what it really meant, and how it even made any difference in my life. And when you are hard, and when you're insensitive, Satan will will steal from you. That's what the text says. He'll steal from you. And he stole from me for 23 years. I helped him. He had his hand in my pocket, but I was I was giving him stuff as, you know, too. I mean, he wrecked relationships, he wrecked college scholarships, he he took my peace, my happiness, my my sense of meaning and purpose in life. And let me just tell you, it's it's no place to be. You don't want to hear in hard soil. And if this is you this morning, I want you to know it doesn't have to be permanent. God can come and he can restore all of it and, and more. I mean, the message of the kingdom is a message that is more than a theory. It's, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's something that has the power to restore every alienation, every brokenness. And and it can get down inside of us. And when it does, it can show us things about ourselves that we never saw before. And it can wake us up to truths that we've never seen before. And it can show us things that we thought we never needed before and it can come along, and it can make you feel alive for the first time. That's the kingdom. Well, second, there's this shallow soil, and the soil's rocky, and what's going on here is that in first century Palestine, and in Palestine today, there's a rocky layer of limestone in the soil, and what it actually does is it allows seed to, to hit the ground and get into that limestone, and there's enough going on in that limestone that the the seed will shoot up quickly. And it'll grow, it'll look like something's happening, but there's no roots because of the the rock. And when there's no roots, what happens is that plant grows up, it's looking good, but then the heat of the day comes. Summer comes. It gets dry, and those plants can't last. And hearing in rocky or shallow soil represents those people who hear the word of God and they get excited. I mean, you know, these are, these are people who when you, when you see them have an encounter with God, you know, things are fresh and new and they receive some aspect of God's message and they're just on fire and they're serving everywhere in the church and in other places and then all of a sudden, Something happens, and there's a glitch in the system. Something short-circuits. Well, what happened? Jesus says they're like shallow ground where there's not enough room for the roots to grow so that the plants can take the heat of the sun. He's saying that when trouble and suffering come into their life, they, and, and when they lose important things because of the kingdom they turn their back on, on God and they say, what's the use? What's the use anyway? You know, it's not that they didn't have an encounter with Jesus. They did, but, but they never really understood the kingdom. You see, they thought they were entering Christ's kingdom, but whether they meant to or not, what they were really doing is trying to get Jesus to fulfill their agenda. And, you know, as that happens their real gods are revealed. You know, their the real gods are are the things that they lost in times of trouble. They had a personal experience, but it didn't lead them to a lifestyle of repentance. And that's what's going on in this soil. Is, and you know, I want to ask this morning, is that is that you? You know, I know as I have studied this passage, I've asked, Lord, keep me from being this kind of soil. Don't let this be me. I mean, what's interesting is it doesn't say how long that takes. It doesn't say if it takes two years or 20 years. Lord, don't allow me to check out because something comes along and costs me something. That's my prayer in this. But third, there's this thorny soil. And this soil, well, it's compromised. You see, what would happen is these farmers would come and they would cut down all the weeds. They'd, you know, we'd eat the field, and it would look good, it would look like everything was fine, but they never got to the roots of the weeds. And those thorny plants were still alive under the surface of the ground. And so, as they throw the seed, you know, something grows in that soil and You know, it's not looking bad. It's growing up. You know, it would start to grow, and the plants would look healthy until these thorny plants would come up out of the ground and start to vie for position. And then these plants found themselves fighting for nutrients, and and these thorny plants were choking out the nutrients. And, you know, I, I really think this may be the most deceptive soil that you and I have to deal with. I mean, these plants have roots. They've got staying power. They stick around. But now, there are these thorns, and it's making it hard for these plants to produce any fruit. And this soil represents people who who don't fall away, but who are compromised by something something else in the soil. I mean, these, these are people that worship Christ. These are solid believers, but they also have other things in their life that they may be worshiping. And as as a result, their their Christian life, the life of the kingdom in them, gets choked out. And they don't see themselves changing. Uh, They don't see healing. They, They don't see the power of the kingdom of God being activated in their lives. I mean, thorns are threatening their effectiveness. And, you know, I want to ask, is is this you this morning? And I want to admit that I think it's most of us. I think it's probably safe to say that all of us, in one way or the other, struggles pretty significantly with this kind of soil. I mean, how could we not in... Our affluent culture. I mean, hearing in thorny soil is, I think, a common struggle for every one of us. But here's where the real problem lies. I don't know that. I don't know that. I mean, I think all of us struggle with this. But I think the real problem lies is when, in when we stop struggling, and just give in to it. I mean when we just give into it and justify it and pass on the you know the empty values of worshiping personal comfort or our careers or our bank accounts when we just give into that and somehow pass on these values to our kids and let them think that our faith is a religious version of suburban materialism. So so let's stand against that in our life. I think we all struggle with it. Let's stand together against that. And finally, here's this good soil. It it wasn't hard. It wasn't shallow. It wasn't compromised by thorns. It was deep. It was full of all this nutritious, uh, you know... um, Stuff and it was ready to receive seed. And, and plants could come in and, and sink their roots down deep into this soil and expect a yield, 30, 60, even a hundredfold, which is a pretty big yield. A typical yield was about five to ten percent. So this is big yield. Jesus says that. This soil represents the heart of the person who who doesn't just hear, but who understands and who believes. Despite troubles, despite persecutions, despite all the the challenges of life that come, and and this person produces fruit. We looked at some of it earlier as we were reading this morning. It's it's the fruit of character. It's the, the fruit of sacrificial living. It's the fruit of taking good news to the people in our lives. That, that's the kind of fruit we're, we're talking about. And, you know, this parable even says not everybody's going to be producing the same amount of fruit, but, but we can be fruitful. And so I want to ask you, is, is this you this morning? You know, there's all kind of good news in this message. And the good news is that even if this isn't you this morning, it can be you. You see, hearts, maybe unlike some certain kinds of soil, can change. That's the good news of, of the kingdom. I mean, if your heart is hard or shallow or or superficial or compromised, God can break it up. He can come and remove the weeds and the rocks and the thorns. And we need to ask him to, to do that. That's the point of this parable. I mean, Jesus tells this parable to to jar people a little bit, to challenge them. So that we'll ask God to give us ears to hear what he's really saying to us. And and this is so important for us because the the kingdom of God and its impact on our life hinges on our ability to hear. And so as you do that this morning, as you ask him, I want to just end with two Practical pieces of application. The first thing I want to encourage you in is when you come, come in a a spirit of teachability. You know, I I come to church expectant every Sunday, and I have come to expect some things of church. I, I love it when John is leading worship, and he goes in on one of my songs, and, you know, it's just what I was hoping for and you know everything seems to be what I was thinking where I, when Joel preaches a, a message from one of my favorite texts but what I found out is that when my expectations begin to exceed my teachability, I don't hear as well You see, James says, receive with meekness the implanted word. You see, if I come here and nothing is like I hope, that word has the power to perform itself. That word is sharp and effective. And if you're listening to it, I promise you, if you come with a a teachability, with a teachable spirit, listening for God to say something, you will not walk away from here without God giving you ears to hear something from His Word. I remember when I was uh, spending time in another culture, many times... I didn't understand anything anybody was saying. You know, you know the, the, the language was Spanish, and I knew enough Spanish to pick out words, but I certainly couldn't string together any sense of comprehension. But, man, I, was, I, I often sat there and I said, Lord, show me what's going on here. Show me something from your word. And there would be plenty of times where, just like Steve encouraged you to do, you know, I would come in, I would ask the Lord to show me something, and he would, he would take me to a passage, and later they would talk about that passage. I don't know what they were saying about it, but I knew that's what God was saying that day. If you come hungry, if you come teachable, God will speak to you. I promise it. And the second thing I want to encourage you to do is to pray that God would give you the good heart that he talks about in this passage. John, I'm going to ask if you'll come. Now look, how we hear is governed by our hearts and what our hearts love. We'll hear what we love. And the truth is that we we need a new heart if we're going to move from being people who operate in the kingdoms of this world to become kingdom of God kind of people. We need new hearts. There's no other way around it. But the good news is that Jesus says, I'll give you a new heart. That's his promise in the word.